Oh hey, I'm glad you're here. Rainy days in my dad's video store were great. Silver gray skies heaving water down on the parking lot out front. The darkness pierced by the headlights of an approaching car, which then erupts with a family eager to race inside and peruse the aisles of what would be tonight's entertainment. And there are so many options. Would they settle into the ghostly chills of Soul Survivor? Would they be transported to a dystopian future in films like Mind Warp and Future Force? Would their sibling get to pick, and its quest for the mighty sword? Again. And there, next to the popcorn machine and the tape rewinder shaped like a Porsche, you remember those, I had a front row seat to the show. And sometimes, I would insert myself into the investigation. I'd grab a tag and pretend to be replacing it as if it just been returned. People always want to know what other people are renting. So that, you know, they'd be enticed to check out this hot ticket item like Lair of the White Worm. And sometimes, I would get really brazen. And if they were looking at, like, Star Trek Three, I would say, Space Truckers. It's basically the same thing. Sure, they might not like it, but at least now they've seen Space Truckers. And I think that says something about me and how I'm not concerned with people or even my own opinions on films. I'm very much more interested in people watching them. That's why I choose to celebrate movies in this way and bringing them up in hopes that people press play. So much like you gave us a chance, please give anything we discuss in this episode a chance, because who knows, it just might be your cup of tea. So let's get right to it. The film is Happiness of the Katakuris. My guest is Matt Bledsoe, and this is VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns. Welcome to VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns, our alternate format where we first champion our current phase from all walks of entertainment before I look back at a lesser celebrated gem. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and look, people, we aren't hard to find, so if you need help, it's VHUS underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. VH-US.com is the website for all our artwork. You can find that on Threadless. Uh, you know, you can help us exist on Patreon. Every little bit helps, but everyone from $3 and up is instantly eligible for our monthly giveaways, including DVDs, Blu-rays, hot sauce, freeze-dried candy, stickers, buttons, postcards, whatever I want to put in there. My guest for this episode is host of the Film Feast podcast. You've heard him on here for Project Metal Beast and our Screen Teens format. Welcome back, Matt Bledsoe. Hey, hello, Dirk. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? Pretty good. I'm still trying to process the movie we're going to talk about. I just don't, finished don't it. Get, don't talk about it yet. I know. I'm not going to. I'm just saying. All right. That's where I'm at mentally. I'm trying to process what's happening. Well, good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just finished an hour ago. There's a lot to take in. Uh, excited to talk to you again. Excited to be back on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. I feel like it's been a while. I don't know how long it actually was since the Screen Teens episode. <laughs> Who knows? The last <laughs> three months have felt insane to me, like multiple years. So I understand. Time is all those things people say it is. Please fill listeners in on what Film Feast is and where people can find you. Okay, so Film Feast is usually a weekly podcast that drops every Monday where we talk about any kind of movies from any time period, any genre, all kinds of great guests, probably many people that have been on this show. It's very conversational. Sometimes... I worry the episodes go too long, but we're having a good conversation. So, yeah, we talk about one movie, talk about what we've seen lately. Yeah, it's just a good time just to hang out, talk about movies. And they could find the podcast on Twitter at Film Feast Pod. They could find me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast. And, yeah, the holidays were kind of rough. The schedule's getting back to more regular now every Monday. <laughs> so we should sure. be rolling along new episodes every Monday from now for a while. <laughs> Excellent. I know some listeners might be like, hey. Matt doesn't like musicals, and I saw the movie that you're discussing in this episode. We'll get to that later. I also don't like musicals, and we'll get to that as well. Now, without divulging your feelings on the movie itself, please tell me your feelings on musicals. <laughs> not great. Not, not my cup of tea. And all of our friends that we podcast with and talk to, I think, give me a little bit of hard time about it. Especially when I go off and watch a musical like Cats from 2019. <laughs> and I haven't seen Sound of Music or mm -hmm. name many, many musicals I've not seen. I mean, part of the problem with me and musicals, it's not the kind of music I listen to at all outside in my normal life. So it's such yeah. a departure. I used to listen to more heavy stuff. I've calmed down a little bit, but I listen to most like rock of different variations, alternative rock, 
punk, a lot of metal. Nothing is like stuff in musicals. And not to say I don't like some songs in musicals. I actually dated someone for a very long time who was like the busiest, busiest musical fan in the world. And she turned me on to a good amount of catchy songs from musicals. My brain has some kind of problem with people busting into song and um, yeah. singing lines and singing what's happening. And it just like it does not compute for me. God bless all our friends that love them. I'm trying to be more open-minded. I'm not there yet. But then occasionally I do see ones that are good. The one we're going to talk about is one of the odder ones I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I used to be way harder on musicals. I'm trying to be more open-minded and see ones that I may like. But I'm still, it's a struggle for me. I'll say that. Yeah, I am the same. It's the idea of someone bursting into song. I'm like, we don't have time for this. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> It's bled into real life. If I see buskers on the street, you know, a guy with an acoustic guitar, I'm like, nobody wants this. Why is this happening around me? My wife, she's always like, it's okay. We'll just cross the street or something. I'm like, oh, the, the musicians. <laughs> and even when I was doing theater and stuff, it's like the musical theater kids are a bit much. And I, I think that that's a kind way to say it. But yeah, it's an acquired thing. I think that we've been pushed into the outskirts. People saying that you don't like musicals, you're a weirdo. I think there's actually less people that like musicals. <laughs> it, that's what I think. We're just a quiet bunch because we're not, we don't want to ruin things for other people. I didn't watch Cats, but my favorite thing about Cats <laughs> is that supposedly the first pass they had buttholes and then they had to digitally remove them. That's what I heard. It's what I've heard too. And so I imagine okay. some poor people, I think it was at the last minute too before it came out, they had to go in and erase yeah. the cat buttholes. And I just imagine... Yeah. What a sad, tough job that must have been to sit there for, I imagine, hours and just erase all those. It must have been really yeah. tough. Yeah, <laughs> I hope they released the butthole cut is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to the big question. Question's not related to anything, but it's chosen at random. And today's big question is, it's your day off. You have no plans. You're all alone. What are you watching and what are you eating? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's a good question. Because I was going to say just generally what I would have been doing would have been watching movies. If you want more specific, mm -hmm. if no one's around, I'd probably try to watch something odder, like in a, a Jello or something <laughs> like mm -hmm. something that if someone walks in on me, it'd be like, what's going on? It's like, it's not what it looks like. It's Italian. <laughs> but <laughs> probably pick something weirder off the shelf that I haven't had a chance to watch. I've got a lot of unwatched uh, Jello movies. What am I eating? Yeah, I'm boring. Probably popcorn. It is my go-to movie snack, even at home. I mean... Oh, I think they mean a meal. Like, oh, I want a meal. Okay. Throughout, not throughout the day. Like, not gotcha. maybe, like, just one meal at random. <laughs> Something you would eat when no one else's input's involved. I mean, I like to just make up a steak and potatoes. I'm a real nice. steak and potatoes type of guy. So I'd put up a good movie on, make myself a good meal, sit down. I've done this before, but no one's home. I'll make a great meal for myself, a nice steak, yeah. <laughs> and then put on a movie I want to watch and just be completely alone. It's great. It's like, yeah, it's so peaceful. It's a rarity. It's a great question because it's like, oh, yeah, me time. I remember <laughs> that. Are these uh, baked potatoes? Are you mashing potatoes? Are you roasting potatoes? How are you doing these I, potatoes? You know, I like potatoes in almost any form, but I probably, yeah. it'd probably be either baked potato with loaded up all fixings, or it'd nice. probably be mashed potatoes, one or the other. Depends on what I'm feeling like. I mean, you're really treating yourself if you're going to mash some potatoes. And This, you know, this is true. Uh, so. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate that because, you know, that's a good thing you're doing for yourself in this made up scenario. <laughs> I would probably crack into this Shaw Scope Volume 2 that I got, even though I haven't finished the first one, because that's definitely a genre my wife has no interest in. And so if she was out of town or on a trip in some way, that's probably what I would go to because it has such a big price tag. And I feel bad if it's just sitting around getting dusty. Yeah. Dirk, you're talking to a guy that bought both of those too. So I understand. Okay, great. <laughs> I, okay. I bought them way in advance. I used the PayPal pay in four. I didn't feel as bad about it. I was like, oh, it's not that bad. That probably be a good choice to me too, because people come in and just make fun of the Kung Fu movies. And I'm like, these are great. Stop making fun of them. You know, it's like they yeah. see the dubbing or they're like, what is this nonsense? I'm like, it's great. Stop it. <laughs> so another good, a good choice, a good choice. <laughs> yeah. And then to eat, we have a food cart here in Portland called Kim Jong Grillin. They do like a Korean amazing Han is the chef owner. And they do a bacon kimchi fried rice that's really delicious. And then they do a hot dog. And their hot dog, I wrote it down here. <laughs> it's got Olympia Provisions Hot Dog, that's a local company, on a banh mi baguette with sesame sprouts, spicy daikon, kimchi mayo, and pickled mango. I get it without the mayo. It's amazing. So that's wow. what I would go for there. Which brings us to new releases, where we shout out what's bringing us joy from the realms of entertainment, and we start with books. Matt, is there anything that you're reading? 
surprisingly <laughs> a lot right now. <laughs> I feel like I usually would have, I'd be like, I'm not reading anything right now, but I feel like I'm making a better effort 2023 to read more books. And of course, when I do that, I go overboard and try to read three things at the same time. So <laughs> I am still very slowly making my way through Quentin Tarantino's cinema speculation book, which is designed to not have you jump around, even though you could, because each chapter is about a different movie. But he purposely, I heard, didn't put a God, glossary. Like he didn't put any kind of index in there so you could find out where to go. He, he doesn't want you to jump around. He wants you to read in order, which I find kind of find a little annoying. I'm just like, Quentin, mm. just give me, I want to like, if I want to pop right. over to read your deliverance essay, let me know where it is. I'll still read them all. <laughs> so I've been reading that. And I have also been reading a book because I, I was watching a few Albert Pune movies mm-hmm. end of last year. And there's a book out there by I believe his name is Justin DeClue. DeClue. Oh, yeah. He yep. was on our friend Mike Scott's podcast after Albert Pune passed away. He wrote a book called Radioactive Dreams, A Cinema of Albert Pune, which is a very good book. It's really it's more like a guide through his whole filmography. Yeah. Film by film in order. And it's been very interesting to read and get the behind the scenes, some of those movies. That's been a fun read. And the last thing is the book about the history of Saturday Night Live called Live from New York, the complete uncensored history of Saturday Night Live. Because I was a real nerd for Saturday Night Live as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I would watch reruns on Comedy Central all the time. I think one of my earliest dream jobs goals was to get on SNL one day, <laughs> thinking that'd nice. be an easy thing to do. And I have always been fascinated with the history of that show because it's so sprawling and there's so many people that have come through there. So that one I've barely cracked open, but they're all books you can easily kind of jump between because they're more, you know, as you read about one movie, you move on. So nothing like a big novel or anything. <laughs> but yeah, those three things, actually, I'm kind of trying to bouncing between all three of those. Nice. I ran out of what I was listening to on a plane recently, and I remembered that I had bought the book that was Martin Short's memoir. Oh, um. I think it's just called Martin Short. But he goes really in depth about the SCTV and Saturday Night Live years. So if you're super hardcore dedicated to that kind of stuff, it's very entertaining. But the book I'm reading right now talk about serious literature is wishmaster the novelization <laughs> didn't know this existed this is amazing <laughs> yeah yeah it's put out by encyclopocalypse which is a company that's releasing a lot of these types of books i also have their titan find which is creature which was great and i just started reading this one I don't know how they're going to handle all the cameos that happen in the movie. They're probably not going to mention that it's like, (laughs) but yeah, I thoroughly recommend it to people. They have a pre-order going right now for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and Of Unknown Origin. And they're also doing Creature. So Titan Fine released as the American title Creature with a new cover. And Psychopocalypse is pretty awesome. And they're small books. So I usually take one on a plane and I'll get about halfway one way. And then I'll finish it on the way back. So it's like a good way to knock it out. Very entertaining. My favorite of these so far, if I had to choose, was probably the Cruel Jaws book that oh, they put wow. out. Um, it wasn't uh, by them, but very, very funny. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm reading right now, um, which brings us to music. Anything you're currently listening to? This is the tougher one. I usually would have an easier time with this, but because I feel like I just listen to big mixes that I make all the time and it's never like one thing in particular. But there is a band that I've listened to a lot recently that a friend showed me called Dayseeker, mm. which I don't know much about them, but it's weird. I feel like I don't know how to describe, I'm trying to describe them because they're the musical style kind of sounds like it'd be like alternative rock or maybe even like metal at some points, but the vocals are very much like clean, almost poppy type of vocals Hmm. so it's a mix of a little bit heavier music but the vocals are very kind of clean heavy but it's super catchy so i've been like just playing their songs nonstop because they have just very very catchy songs and that's the only album i could think of recently i forgot well they have a couple that was one's called sleep talk and the other one is called dark sun very catchy stuff and i feel like if you're someone who's like oh i don't like heavy stuff this doesn't really have like greaming per se so if that's your problem there's not like a bunch of screaming <laughs> in. it's a guy with two... i think it's a pretty good singer it's very catchy though so i've been enjoying that that's really all i had for that <laughs> what's that called the band is called day seeker day seeker okay yeah interesting uh i just have a couple first up is Arrowvein. it's one dude there's a reissue he just did of his first two albums, and Tides is the second one, I believe. And so I picked that up on vinyl. I was very excited because the first one sold out. But it's really beautiful, minimal percussive loops with some ambient kind of sounds like the waves and stuff. Super chill. It reminds me of when I lived in Seattle. I was pretty lonely, but I had this album until I listened to it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, to be 21 and feel lost in the world again, like what a 
What a weird time that was. Next up is Goth Minister. It, the album, the album, I like that name. Yeah, the album's <laughs> called Pandemonium. just came out. It's like epic, anthemic, industrial rock about demons and shadows is basically what it is. I got to DJ for him early 2000s, maybe 2006 or so. He did his show here, and he's from like Norway or something, and he's like six foot five, and he's you know in all the corpse paint and everything, and it was very fun. The earlier albums are definitely more my thing, if you like Rammstein and stuff like that. This stuff is still really fun because it's kind of, it's not tongue-in-cheek, but it kind of is. It's called Goth Minister, for Christ's sake. And then <laughs> the last one, I got on vinyl. Check this out. You were talking about Albert Pune. It's the soundtrack to Crazy Six by Tony Ripperetti. So it's the soundtrack to the Albert Pune movie on vinyl. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know it existed. Saw it online. They had like 12 left in the <laughs> store. And so I was like, give me that thing. And so I've been playing this nonstop. It's super fun. It's like a kind of 80s vibe rock with the lady vocals. So if you like the movie Crazy Six, I, get that soundtrack. One I have not seen yet, but I've heard it's kind of a crazier movie from him. Like it, <laughs> like experimental. And I think I might have heard someone mention the soundtracks kind of maybe constantly there yeah. or it's just always pumping in the movie i don't i it would sound like a really kind of weird weirder movie from him i'm kind of curious to get to that one <laughs> yeah it's a wild cast too but it's good that brings us to games anything you're playing game like yeah a few things and i realized they're all survival horror games nice so i guess i'm in that mood recently i got callisto protocol Same. for christmas oh nice okay i finished it pretty quickly like i raced through it like it's not a super long game to begin with but I really enjoyed it. It kind of got dumped on by the reviews when it came out. I think they kind of hyped it up a little too much, honestly. And it has problems. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Like there's some issues with the mechanics in the game, especially become <laughs> very frustrating yeah. at some points. Yep. I don't know how far. Have you beaten it? No, I got about halfway. I got it back in October. And then okay. Halloween happened. And then I was like, I'm not in the mood to play this anymore. And so I haven't picked it back up. But my problem is I love Dead Space. And the thing I loved yes, about Dead yeah, Space yeah. was you have these welding tools that you have to use as weapons and you're blowing limbs off of these creatures. And in this, it's like a lot of melee and I suck at melee. I suck at holding the joystick <laughs> to the right and then to the left and then doing the combo buttons. It's just not how my brain really works. And so it's really frustrating at times. <laughs> have you gotten to the train sequence yet? No. Wait, it's one of the most going through train cars. You're on a train no, car no, going from it's one of the most frustrating sequences I've ever played in the game because that's where all the flaws come out at one time. Oh, like yeah. all the mechanics show people aren't playing like what were you talking about? But it's like there's everything takes long to do to give yourself health, to pull a gun out. I guess they thought it was like, oh, let's really animate all of these. I'm like, no, no, I don't have time for you yeah. to go through this whole process of <laughs> holstering things. Yeah. Pull. So you get attacked by all these enemies on a train and it's just infuriating <laughs> but i beat the game the last boss is also a pain it's terrible but otherwise not that hard i was shocked how i didn't find that scary i thought it'd be terrifying mm -hmm. but i think the melee thing like you said because you're having to go at people constantly so you're just like come on like you just go beat the shit at yeah people. so it kind of makes it less scary when you just kind of have to go right at people and just attack them mm -hmm. i actually had fun with the combat i enjoyed the melee combat for the most part it's funny because i all these negatives i could say about the game but i still really enjoyed it and got through it very quickly like i couldn't put it down it kept pulling me along the funny thing was it pushed me to go replay dead space yeah and i couldn't even wait for the remake that's coming out really soon i i had the first one stole my xbox i bought it years ago and that game still really holds up it's gonna look great in the remake but i don't know if it even needs a remake mm -hmm. necessarily for a game that's 14 years old which is crazy still really holds up still a lot of fun much scarier than coastal protocol yeah <laughs> like i thought the the second one where you get to like where there's a preschool and it's like all dark and there's oh, tiny God. little handprints and stuff. I was like losing my mind. <laughs> that is one of the scary sequences yeah. in like any game. Yeah. It's Dead Space 1 and 2 were pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. 3, yeah, they like, kind of off the road, the co-op thing. Yeah. But 1 is still great. I'm going to replay 2 when I beat 1. I'm also even playing, like, I juggle games like I juggle books. I'm still, I'm playing the Resident Evil 2 remake from a couple oh, years yeah. ago, which is great. Really great remake. And then we even jumped, at some friends over, we jumped into Resident Evil 3, the remake which is a very short game. Mm -hmm. It's still fun, but it's just nowhere good as the two remake. But that was a fun to play with friends because it's just kind of like a 
you know, fun, crazy stuff's happening. So yeah, really all I've been playing is survival horror games lately. <laughs> so I'm surprised I probably feel more stressed out because they stress me out, but I keep going back to them because I don't know why I like to be scared. I don't know what it is. No, so, I do too. Even though I say I don't like to be scared. I don't know what I'm talking about. So yeah. <laughs> I get so excited when a new survival horror game comes out because I know I'll only play it for like an hour at a time and then it'll consume my thoughts and it'll totally freak me out. I only play it for an hour because I get really sweaty and nervous. <laughs> But I love it. I just, it's so fun because it's like a movie, yeah. but it's like even more affecting. And because it's like, I'm going to personally make the mistake that causes the death. You're in it. Like you're the one doing the stuff. And it's funny because I just said, I like to be scared in these games. So I know on my podcast, I said, I don't like to watch things that scare me. Mm. But there's things that I watch that scare me that like stick with me. Games have never really, I don't go to bed like, oh, I'm scared. But there's some movies that get in my head. Yeah. Like a game, it's in the moment. It's very scary. It's very immersive. You're in it. You're playing the character. But I like to push myself. I'm like, oh, mm. I got to keep. I got to keep playing. And I don't know about you. I am very excited for the Resident Evil 4 remake that comes out in a couple months because that's like one of my favorite games of all time. Oh, great. So that looks like it's going to be a really good remake, too. So a lot of good horror stuff lately. <laughs> that's awesome. I um primarily, aside from that protocol, is uh I just play with friends and it's more like a social thing because, like I said on the podcast, most of us have kids. So we're at home and it's a way for us to hang out. And so my friends are all playing Destiny 2 again. So oh, well. <laughs> I got back into Destiny 2, playing with my friends Jail and Sean Baby, and I am terrible at this game. I'm not good at modding, I'm not good at all this RPG or MMO or whatever it is, elements of the game, where people are like, oh, I just build my set and did all this cool stuff. Like, I just, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't care. <laughs> and it's like, I just want to hang out. That's all I want to do. So I just die a lot. But um, yeah, but that, me too. That was how I felt with the game too. I have a friend who... I think it's still obsessed with Destiny 2. He doesn't play it as much, but I wanted to play it to like hang out and play a game with him, but I can't get into that game because you keep doing the same runs over and over and over and over. And I'm like, that is not fun to me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it doesn't change because it's just the computer. You're not playing against live people. You play with live people, but not against live people. Yeah. And they're like, let's run the cave again. I'm like, can we not? I'm so bored. Yeah. Like, not my thing. It's the same three <laughs> enemies too, over and over and over. And like, right. I played this game Remnant from the Ashes and it gave you so many different enemies and randomly spawned worlds and for a small game and i'm like why can't this big company come up with something new and plus i just can't sit through the cutscenes. i can't anytime someone starts <laughs> talking about something i couldn't take it seriously there was a part in the recent update where you went to a place called sabathun and there's no way i couldn't hear that and not think of adam sandler it just sounds like something he would say <laughs> And so every nonsense. Yeah. So anytime someone said it, I was just like, I can't take this seriously. But that's fine. I just like to hang out with my friends, which brings us to television. Uh, Anything you're watching episodically? This one, not really. Not really. I had a question for you. I'm curious. I was talking to friends about this. When you go on vacation, do you have, I call them hotel room shows, shows that you kind of never watch at home, but when you're in a hotel with limited options, because I was talking to my friends about Shark Tank is one of those shows, mm. Pawn Stars on History Channel, Impractical Jokers. Like, these are shows that I occasionally watch at home, but I'm on vacation. For some reason, it's become my vacation show. <laughs> so to ask a random question, I'm curious if you have hotel shows or vacation shows. That is a great question. And I would say previous years, no. Usually when I go on vacation, it's funny. It's the only time I never turn a TV on. I never watch a movie in the room or anything like that. When we were down in Eugene for Christmas, we put on MTV and they were playing music videos and we were like, what? Oh my God. It was so weird. (laughs) I mean, I I know. I always joke that small town Oregon is 30 years behind (laughs) everywhere else. And it really felt like that. I mean, they were playing so many videos. I was like, it's the first time I ever heard Taylor Swift. I mean, I just, all this stuff that I, (laughs) I don't listen to the radio. So I'm just not, you know, it's not like the 90s and 80s where you were, there's music everywhere and MTV was constantly Mm -hmm. on. So there's lots of artists that I've just never heard, but no. And if there was a show that I would put on, it would probably be between my wife and I would be either a food show or Mm -hmm. a house hunter show. One of those low stakes it's just you know it's like whatever it's just something that's on while we have a glass of wine and our daughter's like sleeping in the bed next to us so it's like you know can't get those are good choices i was gonna say those kind of shows feel like also vacation shows Mm -hmm. you don't have to be deeply involved in like a long-running story you just put them on but i mean usually it's like we're just getting up in the morning it's getting ready for everyone to go it's like throw a show on or wind down at night but yeah, it was some weird discussion here at lunch. And I was like, does everyone else have vacation shows or just me? <laughs> like, A lot of what we'll do is um, 
we'll play a little music on our phone, something not too loud, and then my wife and I will play cards. It's like one of the only times we'll play cards. And so it's kind of nice, a yeah. fun sometimes sitting at the end, on the floor at the end of the bed that our daughter's sleeping in, and you're like, just playing, <laughs> playing some cards. The only thing I'm watching, we're watching a show called From Scratch on Netflix. It's a drama about a lady who falls in love with an Italian chef. She's an American, and it's sort of about how the families do or don't come together. It's a great example of us just watching something while we answer emails, which is usually all of our episodic television. My wife will choose it, and then I'll just usually not pay attention. I'll be like plan <laughs> planning guests or whatever. I need podcast notes and things like that. It's a good show. It looks really pretty because part of it's in Italy, part of it's here. But I don't know. It's I'll forget it. <laughs> That's, that's yeah that's fine yeah which brings us to movies anything you're watching movie wise well you know it's funny i <laughs> people sell us all the time on podcasts but a lot of the stuff i've been watching lately has been for other podcast stuff for my show we're doing like i don't want to say exactly what it is something mm -hmm. kind of big a spielberg related episode so i've been watching lots of spielberg movies a lot of ones i haven't seen before and i did an episode that should be out by the time this comes out with our friend preston mitchell about one Spike Lee movie, but that turned into a whole discussion about a bunch of Spike Lee movies. Oh, so I was cool. watching a bunch of Spike Lee stuff leading up to the episode because I want to watch more of his movies. And so a lot of Spielberg and Spike Lee, <laughs> what, a, what a mix. Two things that you might be interested in that are both Kung Fu movies. One actually is from the Shaw Scope set that I think came pretty highly recommended from a couple friends of ours, Rob Antiquaire and Anthony King. I think are both big fans of this one. I watched Crippled Avengers from 1978. Oh, yeah. Yep. Which was... Awesome. Yes, <laughs> like, it's great. You know what? I know some people, basically it's about a group of guys who get crippled in different ways and then they go out for revenge. They get trained by a guy, they go out for revenge. The disability thing is weird, but I thought the message was overcome anything you think's a disability. Yeah. Because these guys all, they get back, they're kicking ass, they're using this stuff to their advantage. I believe one guy is deaf and mute. One guy is blind and the other guy loses his hands, mm -hmm. I think. The worst depiction is probably a guy who is like mentally handicapped, I guess, but he just goes loony, comes into the movie and he's like some badass and they like just knock him yeah. senseless, basically. And yeah, he's a little bit of a goof, but there's an amazing sequence at the end with all these like metal rings that they're fighting through. Mm -hmm. It was exhausting to even watch. It was incredible. It was like watching this amazing like gymnastics show. And it's really people doing it. Like it's amazing. It's a very fun movie. The way it moves really well. Really good fights, I thought, especially that ending. Had a really good time with it. Have you seen Crippled Avengers? Yeah. I feel like you would love this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun watch I picked out of that the box set. Yeah, that was one I started with, I think, when I got the box set because I had heard about it and I'd seen images, but I had never tracked it down. A lot of times I'll just take the initiative to scour the earth for these things, but it was one of those <laughs> that I was like, sooner or later, and, and now I'm super excited that these Shaw scopes have been coming out because it's like some of the movies I have like rips of or things and they just don't look good. And to see them like pristine, it's like, I mean, you're watching like Technicolor ninja movies. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> like I love it. It's it's really great. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that one. Did you have another one? I did. I had another yeah. later one called Yes, Madam. Yeah. But I think it has many other names. It has like three different names at least. Mm -hmm. Directed by Corey Yoon, a very acclaimed Hong Kong director. It's awesome. So it's basically Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock. Right there, I'm sold. Yeah, They same. team up as, I think, Cynthia Rothrock's from like Scotland Yard. And whoever did the dub of her, it, it's weird to see her like dubbed by like an English actress yeah. and then Michelle Yeoh. But they're both badasses and they're basically going after some thieves have like a MacGuffin. I think it's like microfilm. It's it, you know, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't but matter, it's yeah. like they, the problem is there's like the movie focused a little too much on these like three other guys. Yes. One, I believe, is played by Choi Hawk, who I think is usually a director. Obviously, <laughs> he plays a weird little guy. Somebody pointed out that Choi Hawk is basically doing like Bugs Bunny in this movie. And then you can't unsee right. like, he is like a little Bugs Bunny. His apartment's like full of these little like traps he escapes in, like mm -hmm. little swinging doors and walls. And that's wild. I mean, it's all good. But then the ending is incredible. Yeah. The ending is like jaw dropping madness. And it's an amazing fight scene, like the bad guy's house. And at some point, Michelle Yeoh or a stunt double, I don't know, jumps down some stairs. And like they just completely crack their <laughs> tailbone at one point. They do like a drop kick down the stairs. There's glass breaking, amazing fight choreography, amazing stunts. So the movie has like some problems before it gets that. But that fight scene at the end, I was like, I, I can forgive a bunch of this other stuff. Mm. Like, and I, I just wish there was more focus on Michelle Yeoh and Cynthia Rothrock throughout the movie together as a team. But, you know, it's all right. I'll take what I can get. So that was a good time. Did that you was buy a that movie. blue? 
No, I think I watched it on Prime, maybe through the Haya streaming yeah. app. Somewhere on streaming. Someone posted a clip from it on Twitter, and I was like, I got to watch that finally. <laughs> yeah. And it was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I watched that, and then I saw it came out on Blue, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to own that. But I had just bought Sworn to Justice and Writing Wrongs, and I was like, I can't be dropping just 100 bucks on Cynthia Rothrock movies. Like, I just <laughs> got to pace myself here. This is just not a race. <laughs> So yeah, that's awesome. I also, just like you, same movie boat, I guess. I've been watching a bunch of stuff, but it's all for other episodes. So not that much to talk about, mainly because we just did our best of 2022 and it was a race to try to get as many things seen or (laughs) set in order. You get how those go. But I did just watch Meatball Machine Kodoku. This is from 2017, directed by Yoshihiro Nishimura, who did Helldriver and Tokyo Gore Police. It's the sequel to the 1990 film, Meatball Machine. This is kind of (laughs) like... So the the synopsis is like, there's a guy and he's down on his luck and then aliens come to town. And it's like, yeah, that kind of happens, but this movie is bonkers. It's so wild. It's like a guar Japanese movie kind of thing. Like, yeah, they're aliens, but they're like parasites that mutate and take over your body and you have these giant gun arms and all kinds of stuff this is live action that's amazing (laughs) yeah there's one guy that has like these arms out of the top of his head that operate joysticks on his forehead and yeah it's crazy it's like an intense power rangers almost yeah exploding guts all kinds of stuff it's like tetsuo the iron man meets mighty morphin power rangers kind of i guess wow that kind of sells me (laughs) yeah it's not boring at all it's very weird and then it gets super weird so if you like the movie we're about to talk about maybe check out meatball machine and meatball machine kodoku or if you've seen tokyo gore police you know what you're kind of getting into with this director but that can mean only one thing it's time for our late return but before we take our late return it's time to play a game that's right some of our listeners have reminded me that i used to play games and i haven't been so here's a new one matt are you ready to play you or mike i'll list off 10 things and you tell me if it's something i made up or if it's from a Mike film. Oh, God. He has so many movies. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. Number one. A man vanishes only far later to be born again full size from a woman's vagina. I've seen this movie. It's Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's Gozu. Okay. Oh. Great. Number two. A man eats bowl after bowl of noodles only to get blasted by a shotgun and the noodles fly out at the camera. That sounds like... Takashi McKay. That's correct. That's from Dead or Alive, the first film. Number three. A man sits under an umbrella while a lady sprays it with her breast milk. Oh, God. You? Yeah, that, that's insulting, but uh, no. I'm sorry. It, it, it's Mike. That's from Visitor Q. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. I've heard about that one. I've not seen it. <laughs> yes. Notoriously, a film when my wife called me one day and said, I'm sick. Which movie of yours should I watch? I said, Visitor Q. Dear uh, God. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no. Weird combo when I got home. Uh, number four <laughs> ends with a 40 minute action set piece. Takashi McKay. Correct. That's from 13 okay. Assassins. <laughs> number five. A time traveling samurai kills a bunch of people and a few children. McKay? Correct. That's Izo or Izo. I've never heard it said by anyone other than myself. Number six <laughs> opens a film with, oh gosh, opens a film with spilling real semen gathered from willing crew members. <laughs> Jesus. The fact that that even caught you off guard makes me think you definitely didn't write that. So I'm going to go to Takashi McKay again. <laughs> That's from Ichi the Killer. Correct. And wow, true. Okay. <laughs> uh, number seven a woman saws bones with a sharp string. No, both. I've seen that one. Takashi McKay. Yeah, correct. I had to throw one in there just because just you were like, I haven't seen a lot of them. And I was like, well, I can't just be like deep cutting. You know what I'm saying? That's not fair. <laughs> so sorry. I guess that one was you. And they've all been Takashi McKay. I know. Goodness gracious. That I'm was an uh, audition for anyone playing at home. Number eight. <laughs> students' heads explode and their bodies shoot out red marbles. <laughs> they keep going with what's working. Takashi McKay. Correct. That's from As the Gods Will, which is... So fun. Never heard anyone talk about it, but it's basically like all these giant games come to life and murder all these kids in a school. Thoroughly enjoyable. Wow. Definitely stuff okay. you've never seen before. Uh, number nine, <laughs> Death by Ping Pong. McKay? Correct. That's from City okay. of Lost Souls. <laughs> number 10, the final one. Okay. Quentin Tarantino has a terrible accent. Oh, I don't know what it's called, but it's Akashi McKay. <laughs> yeah. Western. Sukiyaki Western to Django. Yes, yeah. correct. Well, 
boy, Dirk, I'm really sorry. I guess that one was you. I can't believe <laughs> that you thought I would make up something as disturbing as that. We were three deep, and I, I thought maybe Dirk will throw a couple of his own in here. And then I realized that's not the game. They're all Takashi McKay. And then I felt that sounded too wild to be in a movie. But then once you said the thing about collecting the sea band, yeah. I was like, well, all bets are off. So, I mean, wow. okay. I hadn't watched a Mikkei film in a long time. Early 2000s, I fell super in love with the films that were coming out of Japan, specifically directors like Mikkei. So I was like watching all this bizarre movies. And this is also when the extreme movement of cinema happened, sort of internationally. Yeah. And so I hadn't revisited those films in a long time. And I put on Dead or Alive because I got the three film Blu-ray. And it started and I was like, oh, I love these things. And then I realized, oh, that's right. He does all kinds of crazy stuff in these things. And I'm now 20 years older than I was when I was watching that. And then in like Dead Alive, there's a part where a guy masturbates a dog so that it can have sex with a woman in a movie. They're making a bestiality porno. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was by myself and I was like, oh no. So anyway, just so people understand, this uh, this director does wild things, but I think for a reason, I'm not sure. Anyway, let's talk what happens when we watch... Happiness of the Katakuris from 2001, directed by Takashi Miike. Screenplay by Kikimi Yamagishi, starring Kenji Sawada, who was in A Life in Four Chapters, and A Man Who Stole the Sun. And then there's Keiko Matsusaka, Lovers Lost and Sting of Death, are two wonderful films. And then Shinji Takeda, uh, who is in Taboo and Pulse. Oh, and Grandpa. Uh, Tetsuro Tamba, who we have to mention because he has 382 credits, including Gozu and Story of Ricky, which is pretty incredible. My God. Wow. That's a... He's working. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. And it's a horror musical. Matt, any opening thoughts on Happiness of the Katakuris? Well, so, yeah, well, I'll start with this. We're talking about Takashi Miike in general. I was shocked to find out when I looked back, I've only seen before this two of his movies. The issue was I'd heard about him for 20 plus years mm -hmm. because when I was first getting to stuff, it was mostly through guys like Tarantino and Rodriguez. And I think Tarantino would talk about Takashi Miike a lot. And you're right. That was the big time of that, like, extreme push was coming from, I don't think about the French extremism, yeah. but there was a lot of, like, Japanese mm -hmm. horror that was in my video store. Like, that was in my local Hollywood video. They had a bunch of, like movies and i know there was a lot of his movies but i realized the only one i saw was gozu that's crazy <laughs> it was a weird time because my family had like sold a house and we we're gonna move into another house but their house wasn't ready yet so we were living in this very tiny condo together and i rented gozu and it was like watching gozu hoping nobody would come in to see me watching yeah, gozu yeah. the ending had me standing up <laughs> with my hands on my head trying not to scream. I was like, I'd never seen anything. I couldn't imagine this was happening. That was the one you mentioned in the game. People don't yeah. know where a woman gives birth to a full grown man. Mm -hmm. I could not believe what I was seeing. I was like telling people at school. I was like, guys, you won't believe the fucking movie I saw. And there's a bunch of crazy stuff before that. Yes, happens. But yes. the ending is So I think he's just been around for so long and made so many movies. Mm -hmm. I think he has like a hundred directing credits mm -hmm. or something. I just thought I'd seen more of his stuff. I really had not. I'd seen Audition. I'd seen Gozu. Those are so, to see it. so wild that those are the two. <laughs> I, know. I would expect audition because that's on people's horror lists and stuff. Right, you know? right. But Gozu is such a great pull. I'm so glad that that's one of the, and that was your first one because your first Mike, I think, is a very <laughs> important thing. Because for me, it was Ichi the Killer. You haven't seen that one, but it is uh, yeah, yeah. wild. And I, I still, I don't think I've seen anything that goes like it goes. And it changed my DNA where I was just like, this is what people are doing in movies. I was just like, what? And then I had to just see everything that he did. And then I watched audition, which wasn't as crazy as Ichi the killer or wild. But then I saw Gozu and I was like, Oh, he's still got it. And he still got it. Like I'm still watching his movies and being like, what is happening? <laughs> Audition's like normal by comparison. Yes. It's pretty straightforward. And then there's thing like Gozu. I don't know why I rented Gozu and not Ichi the Killer, because that was the one I heard about too. Mm -hmm. That was the one I feel like everyone was talking about. It was Audition and Ichi the Killer. And I don't know why. I couldn't find it. Maybe I was like, well, I'll get this other one instead. And Dead or Alive was the one everyone talked about. I never saw. And I still haven't seen it. I don't know why. Looks right at my alley. Yeah. But <laughs> he has so many. And then this one I'd heard about. Dirk, I think you just asked me, like, hey, do you want to do this movie? And I was like, I've heard of that. I like that director. Not realizing I've seen two of his movies. <laughs> but, so this movie in particular, Dirk, you're my friend. I think you're a very nice man. I'm going to tell you right now, 
I did not care for this movie. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> really didn't. I struggled. <laughs> like I watched half of it last night. Actually, a little more than half. It's like it's almost two hours long. Yeah, which is too long. Yeah. <laughs> The gag got old pretty quick, I thought. I had 40 minutes left today. I was like, i got to watch the last 40 minutes of this movie for Dirk. I'm doing it for, for Dirk. I was like, I'll do it. And I just felt like it just wouldn't end. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I had kind of a similar problem with a movie I did enjoy a little more, which was Cronenberg's Naked Lunch. I know you've also done this show. Oh, yeah. I love Cronenberg. I watched Naked Lunch. This movie, I have literally no idea what's going on, <laughs> where it's going, why it's happening. And I used to love stuff like this. The crazier, the better. But I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little tired of it where I'm just like, give me a good story. Give me some direction. Like with Naked Lunch, at a certain point, I think I realized. And with this movie, I was like, listen, I'm not going to know where this is going. The movie's going to do its own thing. I can't follow. It's almost like when you play a game with a child and they just, there's no rules or they make up rules to go along. You're like, well, there's no point for me to really try because it's like <laughs> the rules are going to change. I'm trying to stick with this movie, but I have no idea where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I can't follow. I, I really struggled. I think when there's like no real na- strong narrative pull that I kind of lose it a little bit. It's just like a collection of scenes almost. You know what I mean? I don't know. I struggled mightily <laughs> watching this movie. That's so interesting because... I was listening to you on a podcast talk about how you didn't like musicals. And I was like, let's <laughs> test this theory. And so I asked you to come on and talk about Happiness of the Katakuris, not because I was thinking you might like it. And if people want to hear you not like something, they could also listen to the Project Metal Beast episode. But this one... I used to know what was happening in Project Metal Beast. It's a very straightforward <laughs> well, film. <laughs> I feel like this movie is really straightforward because I feel like it's just about this family that bought this bed and breakfasty type of place that they're hoping will have a freeway put by it so that they'll have guests and then everyone that stays there dies and they don't want anyone to associate them with death so then they bury them by the pond and then it turns out that the freeway is going to go right by the pond and also this girl met a guy but he's pretending to be someone that he's not then the grandpa dies spoiler alert (laughs) and ascends to heaven i don't know (laughs) When you say it like that, it sounds very straightforward. When you watch it, it's I, I think it should be closer to like an hour thirty. Oh, the fact it should that it's be ninety two minutes. Hours is yeah, pretty rough. I feel like the gag of people coming to the hotel and dying doesn't need to be as drawn out. And like I, I know when I really was like, "What are we doing? Where am I?" When they cut to the guy who thinks he's in the navy, or yeah, is in yeah, the yeah, navy, yeah, and they cut to his scene, which seems completely unrelated at first. And he's doing, he's like flying around, which oh, I kind of found That's my fun. favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> Matt, that's I, I the like reason that. I own this movie, is when he strikes that pose and flies up into the air, I got off my couch. I was like, this is cinema, people. This is what I want to have happen. One of my favorite parts. I, I had parts that I really liked. There was moments I really liked, but there were moments scattered throughout a nearly two-hour movie that I thought was pretty meandering yeah like, there's funny mo- there's very funny moments um god i should have written some of this down because i was like so there was something that really made me laugh out loud a couple of things made me laugh out loud i did like his sequence but i was like who is this man why are we following him why is he in a navy outfit why is he flying i have lots mm-hmm. of questions and the funny thing the musical part of this no negative really to that at all that i didn't think it was great musical. Right. But it didn't make me not like it any less. It was just the fact that I felt so See, perfect. lost. It was like someone threw me into a dark room with a blindfold and spun me around eight times. It was like, find your way out or something. That's so like, funny. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, uh, I just feel like it's one of his films that I think is the most narratively clear, with the exception of the fact of that it keeps turning into claymation. <laughs> and then cr- oh, yeah, crazy yeah. stuff Which is I happening. I guess it was probably a, a budget thing, because... Oh, that's insane. The opening. <laughs> with, with, uh, right off the bat, we're in like a restaurant and a little claymation monster pops up and rips a woman's uvula out of her throat. And she's like, my uvula. And then like it eats it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm in a crazy Japanese movie in the early 2000s. Yeah. That is about the part where I was like, oh, I asked Matt to watch this. That's right. So there's usually a part where I have that feeling. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who aren't aware... Uh, the opening scene has these tourist ladies enter a restaurant. A girl gets soup, and in that soup is a tiny cherub that is claymation, and she becomes clay, and it sees her uvula, and it's shaped like a heart, and it flies away, and then the cherub eats it, and then is eaten by a crow, and its eye falls out, and a stuffed animal puts the eye in its eye socket, and then there's a snake, and then it's reborn as an egg, and then eaten again, and then shits on an old man's face, and then we're in the movie. Right. <laughs> I didn't know if that had to do anything. <laughs> 
I was on board for the movie for like the first 20, 30 minutes. Hey, I think the problem is good. when you keep throwing more and more random stuff at me, I get more and more lost, I guess. Like I, 30 minutes of it would have been great. Yeah. Like a short film. I would have loved it. You do need to build up the fact, though, that people keep coming to the hotel mm. and keep dying. Yes. And they don't know why. It just keeps happening. I did laugh at the whole idea of the sumo wrestler. <laughs> showing up yeah. and then dying and they have to find the girl underneath uh-huh. <laughs> it's like well this is messed up when they lower him out the window and he falls on his face i was like how did they do that yeah that's a good question <laughs> it looks like they really dropped this man on his face i don't know what they did there when i saw this in the early 2000s not a musical fan the fact that someone would start saying their emotions in song would have driven me up the wall but because it's this bastardization of that format i found it so great and now revisiting older i'm like yeah 90 minutes would be awesome tighten it up all the songs are short which is great sort of in and out very quickly it's just funny to me the things they're singing about because this guy commits suicide and so then they perform a dance number in the room about finding the corpse which i was like i love this that Um, part was funny i like that yeah (laughs) yeah and then richard sagawa is the guy that does uh, my favorite number captain richard sagawa which is not his real name Happens about the 30 minute mark. So the second it happens, I'm like, oh man. And then the thing that is interesting is that then he's standing over her and she's wallowing on the ground because she's still having the fantasy. So what Mika didn't tell us is that we're seeing him fly around because she saw him and she fell in love with him. And he's like wooing her, but not in real life. In real life, she's just wallowing on the ground in a daze. (laughs) I think that that's so fun. Some of the other parts that I enjoy are, let's see, the sumo guy who has a heart attack really great when richard calls and he fakes that he's in a warplane <laughs> like he would have a phone oh, yeah. in an airplane yeah. <laughs> that cracked me up the dad sings a song about how they all started there and the big road reveal okay so when it gets to the musical number where it's a love song complete with karaoke lyrics where the color line goes across the oh, yeah yeah i was <laughs> like this is pretty funny to me um <laughs> But yeah, I'm so glad you watched it. Now you've seen three Mike movies, which I think yeah, is... only 97 more to go. <laughs> You'll never make it through all of them. Um, no, no. <laughs> yeah, because there's some that's just it's tricky. And then he did television, too. I have somewhere over here, Mer- Multiple Personality Detective, which was a TV series he directed. So, oh, and he just did a, a movie this last year. That's a trilogy. It's the third in a trilogy. And I want to see it so bad, but there's no chance of it streaming anywhere unfortunately a lot of his stuff like just doesn't get distributed i wish it did but here in the states it's kind of like i guess i don't know how i track it down i'm not sure makes it even harder to watch all 100 and something of his credits if they're not available easily yeah so it's funny because i have more movies of his on my to watch list than i've seen of his i've got a lot of his movies Uh, if you want to recommend any of these if you don't mind rainy dog yeah that's great full metal gokudo full metal yakuza I have that one right here. (laughs) It's okay. It's not my favorite. It was one of the first ones where I realized like, oh, there's going to be differing budgets for these things because he would make things so quickly that, Mm -hmm. I mean, it has some moments, but it's not Ichi the Killer or something where you're like, whoa, or like Dead or Alive. I think you'd really enjoy Dead or Alive. I'm still not quite sure how those three movies quite work together, but the first one is really good. And the second one is pretty fun, too. Everything I've heard about Dead or Alive makes me think I would enjoy it, and it's on my list, and Visitor Q, which just sounds like one of the craziest things. That one, if um, you if you want, like, a narrative, that's not what you're going to find with Visitor Q. Oh, okay. I mean, because people say, like, it's an alien that comes to Earth, and it's like, yeah, that kind of happens, but everything else that's in there, you're like, I mean, it's there's wild stuff that you've got to be prepared for, because he's going to show think... you a lot of stuff. I think one time I read the IMDb parents guide on why something's rated what it is. You can click on it and expand it and see. And I was just like jaw on the floor. Mm-hmm. What ha- and what happens? Mm-hmm. And then what happens? And it's like it's one thing after another of things I've never seen any movie. Mm-hmm. And there's like 10 of these things in one movie. I mean, maybe one day I eat you to kill or I need to see because everyone likes that one. It seems like 13 Assassins. I think you would like 13 Assassins. It's probably one of his if you're going to quote unquote better made films. It feels I don't want to say prestigious, but compared to things where he's going to show you like incest and dog sex and all kinds of stuff, (laughs) that's not one of those movies. And and the 40 minute action set piece at the end is really, really fantastic. I mean, 
that sounds exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so just a bunch of stuff that I've not seen from him, but sounds like I probably would like it maybe more than this. Oh, I, for this sure. It's frustrating too, because if I, I feel like I'd seen this 15, 20 years ago, I would have been running around going, oh my God, I saw the craziest movie. Yeah. And I would, but I feel like something has happened where I've just gotten, that's not as exciting to me anymore about how wacky and crazy a movie can be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was all about that when I was a teenager. I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. But I don't know what happened. But I didn't really hate it. I just really had a hard time focusing on it for some reason. So, Well, that was the point of the whole exploration is because you're like, I don't like musicals. And I was like, well, that's referring to like the stuff I don't like. But there's also (laughs) versions where they use the tropes for their own. There's a whole sequence here where there's dancing corpses. And I was like, I'm sorry, but if you give me dancing corpses, I'm going to pay attention. I mean, that's just how, how I work. Made my favorite musical number. Right. Them with the dancing corpses. Yes. That was funny. I enjoyed that. It is good. You know, there's movies like this, which is not your cup of tea. But have you seen The Lure? I have not. I've heard about The Lure, but I've not seen it. Polish Murderous Mermaid Musical. Mm-hmm. I, I recommend that. That's really fantastic. And one of the things they do so smartly with that film is a lot of the musical numbers take place on the stage in the nightclub in the film. So you're not always just, it's not people bursting out into song in inappropriate times. Yeah, that makes it easier for me. I was thinking of something like, have you seen the movie once? No, that's the Beatles one. No, no, it's British or Scottish. I don't know. It, but it's like musicians playing songs. But there's a lot of, I would hate they it. stop to play a whole song, but they're playing the songs. And like, people call Streets of Fire a musical, but Streets of Fire is like yeah, people performing a song on a stage, yeah. which I can deal with. I watched a clip of Spielberg's West Side Story. And that's people dance fighting and singing while they're, I can't do it. I can't I just, do it either. Like something physically, I shut down it, I think. When I see my, my brain is like, no, we don't like this. <laughs> I just, it's, I saw like a two minute clip and I was like, can't do it. Cause it's like a yeah. two and a half hour long musical. And I was like, this is the kind of musical I think of when I think of, I can't do this. As much as I want to watch the Spielberg movie that's well directed. It's just something, there's a real disconnect. I, I can't, can't do it. I can't I, do it either. I, can, I also, I mean, a lot of the things I listen to that have vocals, they're like processed vocals or there's screaming involved. When someone's <laughs> like, look at this person's vocal range, I'm like, I can't. I just, I'm sorry. I get it. I can appreciate the art form. But for me personally, if someone's like warbly voicing or whatever, I'm just like, this isn't for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Good job to all involved, but but I'll never watch <laughs> Chicago. That's just... What's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. We have so many friends that like musicals. They feel so bad. They're, Daniel's going to this and be like, why are you guys saying this? Like, oh, we should. Lindsay, yeah. I think Mike even listen. Like, they all, I, it just, we're, we're the outsiders. I think. Well, I'm not so. saying it's bad. We're just saying it's not for us. And that's totally different. I know, thing I to know. Say. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. say and expect to, for us to get some flack maybe on this one. Like, well, I'm sorry, guys. I know. I'm happy you all love musicals. I can't. I've tried. I'm still trying. If they complain, it's got to be in song. That's all I'm saying. I want them. <laughs> yeah, bust a song. I want them to harmonize like, and practice. Let's see. Suck. Have you seen Suck? No. What is that? So Suck is by Rob Steffenwick. I did an episode on it with Chris Connolly from Ministry. It's a horror musical about a band where one of the members becomes a vampire. And then it's basically about the idea of selling out. Do you go the cool goth way and try to get everyone to think you're cool? Or do you stick to your roots and play your music? And it's got Alice Cooper in it and Malcolm McDowell and the drummer from Rush. And Moby plays a punk guy that throws meat around which is funny because he's playing against his <laughs> vegan roots it's really good oh yeah i highly recommend it but that's a version of a musical that i think really works i'm just i should have made a whole list now that i'm doing this but <laughs> yeah but there are some that i think play with the whole thing rocky horror picture show is something that should be right up my alley and i had to pretend that i was into it all of my youth because everyone was like isn't Tim Curry, awesome. I'm like, he is, but I don't want to do the time warp. I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> that, again, I, oh, I feel so bad. I've gone so negative on this episode. But that movie, I, I think I hung around some drama kids. Mm-hmm. I was doing tech for the drama club for like a year or a semester or something in high school. Like I got a friend wrote me into the tech part of it and I was hanging around drama kids. I was like, I don't like the stuff they like. And they, I went to some party and they forced everyone to watch <laughs> yeah. uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I feel like that really cemented my hatred's too strong now. But at the time, at the time, and as youth, like a 15-year-old. Yeah, it's rage-fueled It was hatred. hatred. It was yeah. a real <laughs> hatred for musicals. I was like, I hate this. I hate it. I want it to stop. That was like the one I held up as an example movie. I just do not like. I still don't enjoy it. Same. Yeah, I just don't. <laughs> just don't like it. I'll always still watch like Sound of Music at some point. I've never seen that one. There's things to appreciate <laughs> about any of the classics, I think. But for me, I just always rubbed me the wrong way so profusely mm-hmm. that like even singing in the rain and stuff, I was just like, I can't. I just can't 
do this. I acknowledge all the efforts, the artwork, the classic nature of these things. But for me personally, it was just like, no. But I mean, then people would be like, well, Dirk, you're watching Voyage of the Rock Aliens. And yeah, that's a musical. <laughs> but it's a different type of musical. It's uh, Craig Schaefer walking around like a panther. And like, I'm, that's cool with me. I don't know. But great. Well, I think we did a very important job here of finally not being strictly positive on the podcast. Uh, we've thoroughly <laughs> shredded musicals when we were just trying to talk about Takashi Miike. I don't know why, but uh, I don't know. Sorry to all our friends like musicals. It's, everyone has their own thing. This is a safe space and they, they don't have a microphone right now. So I'll just say they're <laughs> they're all wrong. They're all wrong. <laughs> we're correct. It's now a war. It's us and them. The Discord is going to be terrible now. I guess. I don't know who also joined us, Dirk. It might just be, it might be us, too. That's fine. Oh. We'll just sit around listening to different types of metal, and that's what we'll do. Oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's funny. Our friend Keith Rich plays in a metal band, but I think he likes musicals, so I don't know if he's even on our side or not. So oh, He's halfway on our side, and they're the worst, those turncoats. Half, they're half on one side, half on the other, foot in both worlds. Um, daywalkers. Yeah, the daywalkers. <laughs> I really want to be positive because I feel like you're pretty positive. I'm not upset that I watched it because I got to watch another Takashi Miike movie. I got pushed out of my comfort zone. Well, and it's, I don't have any problem with anyone disliking anything. I don't take that personally, which is why I was like, Matt, watch Project Metal Beast. And you watched it and you're like, hmm. And then I was like hearing you talk about how you didn't like musicals and i was like well then let's really dip the toes in the water and see how much matt doesn't like musicals because i also don't like them but i do find joy in this movie and possibly it's because i saw it back in 2002 oh, yeah. yeah you know that could be what it is because i remember the feeling of discovering this movie and sometimes the realness of a situation is like that's true how we see things does impact our feelings on stuff and maybe i'm a unreliable narrator of my life and <laughs> when i watched this movie i was like yeah and then i loved this part and i did get really excited about when he floated up in the sky <laughs> who's to say i, I don't know i get it also yeah. this is one of the least offensive of the mickey films oh, yeah so, this you know, is like tame like, compared to the other stuff i've seen <laughs> it's super it's tame like, yes this is very tame for him i mean it's weird but it's not like there's not body fluids i don't think maybe a couple but it's not <laughs> mm -mm. Uh, it's not, yeah, yeah, nothing like some of the other stuff that I've seen or heard from him, so. Right. Well, we did yeah. it. We got through it. One more time, Matt, where can people find you? Well, they can follow me on Twitter at MattBled87. can follow just the podcast on Twitter at FilmFeastPod. Follow me and the podcast on Instagram at FilmFeast. And find the podcast, Film Feast, anywhere you get podcasts. I'm pretty sure we've got all our bases covered on that. Wherever you listen to podcasts, every Monday there should be an episode. <laughs> <laughs> And this will come out ooh, next Tuesday. So is there anything you have anything to plug? Okay. Well, by next Tuesday, there should be an episode out with me and Preston Mitchell. Been on this show. Been on Film Feast a few times. Talking about Inside Man from 2006, which is like a kind of an oh, un at this God. point almost an underrated movie because i feel like i don't talk about that much great yeah. spike lee denzel movie it's a very long episode i mean we do a lot of long episodes but i just thought inside man would not be this long but we go on a very long discussion about spike lee and his filmography and his career which i really enjoyed so basically if people see a very long inside man episode you're getting that and a lot of just overall spike lee talk which i really enjoy it's a big spike lee celebration of his whole career mostly old boy i'm guessing <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, it comes up, but not in a positive way. Maybe, maybe the only negative thing we oh, see on weird. the episode is about his old boy remake. Yeah, it's terrible. Bad. But uh, OK, I usually keep things very positive. This episode. Oh, my gosh. We've gotten <laughs> off the rails here. Um, but I'm very excited to hear that. Inside Man, don't divulge anything from your episode. People should go listen to that right now. But when that movie came out, I loved early Spike Lee. And then as things progressed, I was kind of like, all right. And then that movie came out and it like blew me away. I was like, this is great. But it felt like a different flavor of Spike Lee almost. Because I had most recently before that seen like, I don't know, Girl 6 oh, yeah, or something. I haven't, and, I haven't seen it, but uh, I haven't heard good things. But it's good, but it's very different. Yeah. It's a phone sex operator and the soundtrack is all prints. I did an episode on it with a phone sex operator. So people can go back and listen to our Girl 6 episode. It's really good. She did that for 15 years. And so it's pretty fascinating. But yeah, I'm going to go listen to your Inside Man episode. Well, not right now because I don't have a time In the future. Machine, but <laughs> in the future, I will on Monday. I'll be there listening. I'm excited. Preston is a great guest to have on. I love hearing him talk about movies. Fantastic. Well, Matt, thank you again. Thanks for coming thank on you. here. Always a pleasure. Sorry, I was kind of negative this time. 
I enjoy talking Nonsense. to you as always. You know, I appreciate you my comfort zone. So I'll, it's still a positive experience, even though I didn't love the movie. But still a great time talking to you. So. Yeah. Well, if I had people on that I knew were going to love the movie, I wouldn't have anybody <laughs> on that. I, uh, Fair enough. Some of the things I choose, there's just no guarantees. Also, most of the time when it's the job ones and I'm suggesting movies for people to watch because it relates to their job, 75% of the people don't like the movie. You might not be able to tell from listening to the episode, but they usually tell me pre-roll. They're like, what was this? And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, but trust me, we'll use it for the conversation. Ah, anyway, as always, I'm Dirk Marshall, and this has been VHS Presents New Releases and Late Returns.